Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, not too long ago, I had a buddy of mine uh, call me, uh, you know, in the evening and and saw the name and, and answered it, hello. And he goes, hey, man, what are you doing tomorrow? When a cowboy calls you and asks you what you're doing tomorrow, it you just know that, that there's going to be work involved. So usually... Um, a more experienced cowboy, and I'd like to think of myself as experienced. You know, I'm 23. I've been doing it since I was about 16, so I've got about five years experience. And so I'm an experienced cowboy, and I've learned to say, don't ever answer the question. You have to ask some questions before you answer. So when he says, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> He's like, I'm Brandon. Can you come help? Yeah, yeah, I'm free. Yeah, I can, I can, I can come do that. Yeah, I'll be there. What time do we need to be there? About eight o'clock. All right, we'll be there about seven thirty. So anyway, the kids were out of school, and I asked him. I said, Hey, can I bring, can I bring Griffin and Jace Ray? And uh, he's like, yeah, sure, the more, more the merrier. So, so me and Abe loaded up, and we had Griffin and, and Abe, or we were getting ready to load up, got up early that morning. And, and I kind of was so excited about taking my kids, I, I forgot to tell my kids that they were going. And so I had to go in there about 5.30 or 6 in the morning and get Griffin up. And Griffin didn't know that he was going to a branding, so as 15-year-olds do, he stayed up late. And so, um, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a zombie movie, but he looked like something off The Walking Dead. He looked scary and wanted to bite me, okay? And he was just, you know, so early. And so I, I go upstairs and I'm getting ready because, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's like Cowboy Christmas to Cowboy when you get to go brand, right? And, and this was an unexpected branding. And so everything is great with me, and me and Abe are drinking coffee. And even Jace Ray, he hasn't been around long enough to know that it's early and it's going to be hard work. And so he's excited, and we're all excited. And I get a text from Griffin. Now, that's my 15-year-old boy. He says, do I have to go because I had a lot of stuff planned today? I'm like, oh, Really? Like what? Now, now I know some of us, I mean, anybody over 25, I mean, I, I'm at 23, so I'm right there. But, you know, we don't really know what it's, to, to, to my kids, it's no big deal to text from their room to the living room. Right? That, it's still communication to them. You know, I'm like, why did you text me? He's like, well, why not? I'm still talking to you. So he's like, uh, I got a lot to do. So I was like, like what? Well, I was going to paint my room today, so can I stay here? I was like, yeah, you were going to paint your room because I would have probably been back from the branding by the time you got up. So I tell you what, why don't you go ahead and paint your room? Really? After the branding. <laughs> okay. So anyway, he's not very happy, and he's not much of a morning person. And, um, you know, that boy's saved, but he's really not a Christian until around 10 or 11. And so uh, he's walking around like a zombie wanting to bite somebody. M me. Me. And so, anyway, we, we get out there to the branding, and I, me and Abe, we get warmed up, and we get the fire going, and everything's good. And I go out there, and, and, and I rope the first calf, and it was about this big. And they're, they're flanking. I mean, this isn't Nord Forks, this isn't Heading and Healing. I 
picked up two feet and here we go to the fire with it and him and another boy and 15 and 16 year old boys are the only ones flanking so they're going to have their day cut out and they finally get it on the ground and he strips the the rope off the back and and so he what you do is you pull the left leg to you and you use your your left leg to push that calf's right leg out so you can make a nice little spot to put the brand. And it also helps hold them down. Well, he got a little too far forward on that big calf. And so he kind of had the, the leg already up in his chest like this. And then he couldn't really get his leg straightened out. So that bottom leg came loose. And it was like some baseball player took a baseball ball and hit him about seven times in the chest. Whack, 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 whack. And so he doesn't know what to do. Do you let go of this leg to grab the other leg or whatever? And finally, when that calf got its leg under it, it kind of got to squirm and it threw the kid off the top. And anyway, the calf gets up and I unfortunately had to rope it again. I know it broke my heart. But anyway, if looks could kill... This is the very first calf. He's still zombie-like, right? He's still wanting to bite somebody, and now he's going to bite anybody that's close. He is mad now. And I'm getting that look, and I'm starting to give him that look back, like, don't you look at me in that tone of voice. You know what I mean? But, you know, discipline is hard, right? Discipline is tough. It, because it, it's not... Even though you know, even though I know, and I'm speaking to some of y'all kids, your, your parents are going to ask you to do things that you don't want to do. But in the long run, it's, it's for your benefit. It's good for a boy to get up and go brand with his dad. Okay? You know what? In, in the grand scheme of things, unless it's like very serious, it's good to get kicked in the chest by a calf every now and then. You get a battle scar later to, hey, look at this, you know? And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the time, discipline is just hard when it comes from your parents, right? But what about when it comes from God? Now let's talk to the adults because we, we, we've kind of had some giggles about 15-year-old boys not wanting to get out of bed and go do something that, that they don't want to do that their dad says, oh, this will be good for you. It'll be a growing experience. What about God is working on you though? Because see, God has some discipline too. And it's what we kind of want sometimes is, is some of us are kind of like that teenager Christian. We want to be a Christian, but we want to lay in bed till noon and then get up and go to the skate park or, or hang out with our friends and then eat pizza and watch a movie and go to bed, right? But God sometimes says, hey, get off your butt. Let's go. Let's go do something. Well, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know you're tired. A bug. What happens when God disciplines you? Because we're good at dishing that discipline out to our kids, aren't we? Boy, we, you're going to do it this way. Don't you talk back. Don't do nothing like that. But, man, it, it's kind of a different story when God's doing it to us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 and 9, it says this. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. 
Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits? And shouldn't we live forever? And that, you, you know, because it, we, we can talk about God's grace and God's mercy, and we can talk about how God, you know, uh, God, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And we're like, rah, rah, abundant life. Yes, grace, mercy. We're going to heaven. Rah, rah. And then you say, well, God's going to discipline us. Uh, but that's just as important a part. And I think that you and me and Ty and others, we're in that process right now. Of Some of us might be acting like teenager Christian. We don't want to do what God tells us to do. We have other plans. We go, oh, yeah, God, you know, I would go visit that person in the hospital, or I would pray for them, or I would put my phone down and, and hang out with my kids, or I may pick up, I know you want me to pick up the phone and, and call somebody, or I know you're asking me to go volunteer on the Long X Ranch and do something but you know what God I had plans I was going to wash my hair today I was going to paint my room today and God says well good you can do that after you get done doing what I want you to do now I think that we've all either been there or if you call yourself a child of God if you call yourself a Christian you're going to be in that spot at some point where God is going to discipline you by making you do something that you don't want to do. He's going to ask you to go places that you might would rather not go. I mean, one of the hardest things is, is, for me is hospital visits. I don't like hospitals, okay? But, but in my position, I, I sometimes have to make hospital visits, and, and usually I go in there and I create such a ruckus, they ask me to leave. And so, you know, it kind of, it's mutually beneficial a little bit. But, you know, sometimes when we don't want to do something, and God makes us do it anyway, that turns out to be one of the greatest blessings there are. I mean, Charlie Carnahan that's got a ranch between here and Elbert, uh, I heard that there was a, I just moved here. We hadn't been here very long, maybe four or five months. And uh, I heard that there was a cowboy, local rancher, that had got bucked off his horse and broke his neck. And I knew he was at Parker Adventist Hospital. And lo and behold, I'm driving by Parker Adventist Hospital. And, and my heavenly father taps me on the shoulder. And he, he says, there's a cowboy in there. Why don't you go talk to him? Well, I don't like hospitals. I, I, I got some stuff to do today, Dad. I, I need to paint my room. He said, well, you can paint your room after you go see him in the hospital. And I was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea because, you know, I mean, God needs to listen to me, right, because I, I know best. And before I knew it, I'm walking in the hospital, and I know where his room is. And, and, and I know that no, none of God's kids except me and my kids – you know when you don't want to do something, you walk like this? I looked really funny walking to the hospital like this. 23-year-old year man walking to the hospital like that. And so anyway, I finally got to his room, and I knocked on it, and I hear, come in. So I walk in, and there's this cowboy sitting there in a chair, and he's got his hat on and his neck brace and suitcases all packed. And I said, Charlie, I'm Kevin Weatherby. I'm the new pastor of the Cowboy Church in Kiowa, and I just heard that there was a local rancher that had got bucked off and was hurting in the hospital, and I came to show up to see if I could pray for you and see if you needed any help. And I said, sir, I'm not asking you for a job, but I've got some free time. I don't know anybody else, and, and I'm here to offer myself for your services. And I said, how far into your fall works were you? He goes, about three minutes. 
when he got bucked off. And I mean, they were just starting their big fall works. And so I said, well, if you need any help, here's my phone number. So I gave him my phone number and, and, and his preacher was coming to take him home. And so anyway, I went home and that evening I get a phone call. Hello, Kevin, this is Chris Carnahan. You went and saw my dad, Charlie today. Yes, sir. He said, you might be able to give us a hand. Yes, sir. I can do that. He said, well, would you be available tomorrow? Now, I had my whole week planned out, right? I had my whole week planned out. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm available. It's like, what, what, what's happening? Did you not see that guy? I went like this, and my mouth said something different. And he said, great, can you be here about 7.30? Yeah, I can be there about 7.30. He said, uh, can I ask a favor? Sure, you can ask a favor. You mind riding that horse that bucked Dad off? You betcha. What? What? This is what God's discipline looks like. He's going to... I, I was a thousand things, you know, so I took my bronc saddle. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, this buck cowboy off. I mean, I didn't know what it was going to be like for me. But see, that's what God's going to ask us to do. He's going to ask us to do stuff that, that we don't really want to do, and it's not going to be convenient. And you know what? At sometimes, when you're doing what God tells you to do, sometimes you... You may get kicked in the chest, but that doesn't mean that it's not beneficial for us. It doesn't mean that we don't need it. So why would God discipline us? Why would God discipline us? Well, well there's, I mean, there's a number of ways, and I'm sure that you, you could sit here and, you know, um, uh, who wants to come up here first? No, not really. I'm joking. I'm not joking. Uh, so why would God discipline us? Well, the, the first reason that God disciplines us is to strip off the things that hold us back. You know, what holds us back from doing what God tells us to do? Well, you know, it's our, I mean, come on. I, I, I know that I'm probably the only selfish one here that would rather do what I want to do than what God wants us to do. Because, you know, I mean, I, there's lots of cattle out here that need roped and my horses need rode and... You know, surely there's somebody else that wants to go to the hospital. But you know what? That's what I have to do sometimes. But we have to, the things that hold us back. That's why God disciplines us. Is to take away those things that hold us back. Uh, another thing that holds us back and the reason he disciplines us is because we think wrong. Okay, we, we've got a wrong type of thinking where, where we only think about what we want to do and what we like to do. And, you know, we want to gear everything around us. You know, I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I was going to be a preacher, I would have told you just how big of an idiot you were. Okay, that was never in my plans, but I was a pretty, I was a pretty good cowboy, and I could tell a pretty good story. And one of, one of the things that I was good at was was taking things that was really hard for people to understand and putting them in a little easier way. And man, I didn't know that God would turn that around and use that for His own glory. And so now I get to cowboy for God. And, and, and I still get to do everything that I love, and I get to teach people about what he wants to do. But, you know, for a long time I lived with the wrong thinking because I was only focused on what I wanted. 
right and wrong depended on what my opinion of it was. I didn't base anything on, on God's word or his truth. If I liked it, it was good. If I didn't like it, it was bad. And if you didn't like it, then we could talk about it or we could fight about it. Either one. I still have kind of a problem with that. Sorry, everybody that knows me really well. I'm still trying to get out of that deal. So anyway, the other reason, the other thing that holds us back is we always want to take the easy way out, don't we? I mean, my gosh, we come to a fork in the road. And, and, and you know, I, I commend you all today because, I mean, it's not real hot out here. But, you know, there's a lot more comfortable places that, that people could be than sitting out in a pasture in, in, in Kiowa, Colorado right now. But, but you decided to come out here today. And, and I see some people that are standing up back in the back that, that, uh, that didn't have a chair or something. They, they made the decision, man, I can, I can go and I can leave. That's the easy way out, or I can just stand here and I can listen to God's Word. And that's awesome. But too often, we try to take the easy way out every single time. We come to that fork in the road, and we go, okay, this way is easy, this way is hard, I'm going this way. You know what? In my experience, when we take the easy way out, it usually leads us down somewhere, and we usually don't feel very good about ourselves, or something happens, or something. But when we take the hard way, which is usually God's way, when we take God's way, at the end of it, we feel better about ourselves. What is holding you back? Because the things that hold us back are the things that God is going to discipline us about. I hope he disciplines that bug. Everybody be in prayer. The second reason that God disciplines us is to give us endurance to keep going. To give us endurance, okay? Now, when I first started roping with Ty and Sean and, and some of these other good cowboys here, um, they introduced me to ranch roping. And, you know, I was used to tying off hard and fast with a little short rope and doing things that way. And, and they, they do everything. You know, I did it the right way, and they showed me how to do it wrong. They, they, uh, they don't have rubber on their horns. And, I mean, it was, I mean, I was like a fish out of water, right? And so uh, they started teaching me how to do this, and, uh, and I loved it. But there was, uh, you know, when you hold uh, a 60-foot leaded cord rope, and you swing it big, big, big loops, I thought this shoulder, I thought my roping arm would get sore. But you know what? It didn't. It was my left shoulder. Because you're holding most of the coils in this hand, and you're not resting it down here on your leg because you've got to control your horse with that same hand. And so I get out there, and I'm good for like three, four minutes, right, when I first started. And then I was like, my shoulder started cramping. There's no way I could enter a roping because I couldn't hold my stinking rope up. And I thought I was kind of a, I mean, I, you would think six foot four, 240 would be able to hold the rope, but I mean, it, it doesn't. And I mean, I'm really compact. But anyway, so um, yeah, I had to build up endurance to be able to go to these ropings. God's going to discipline you because he's got great things planned for you. Man, we are all working towards, there's five buckles that's going to be given away in heaven, or the Bible calls them crowns. There's five rewards waiting for us in heaven on a, in addition to being in heaven. And you're going to have to have endurance to be able to, to win those crowns. So God is going to discipline you. When you want to quit, He's going to tell you to keep going. And your shoulder's going to be sore. Your spirit is going to be sore. But God's going to tell you, keep going. Keep going. I'm preparing you for something. I'm preparing you for something. God's going to 
discipline us and let us practice so that we can get stronger for when he calls us to the real deal. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we'll back up a few verses. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, what does that mean? That means that everybody's watching. Okay? You, you call yourself a Christian, they're watching how you act. They're watching what you do. They're listening to what you say. They are paying attention to your family. There's a lot going on. It, it, it's, it's what we live by. It's where God's light shines through us. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, the Bible says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. That's what I just got through telling you. I didn't come up with that. God's Word did. Let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Guys, you know, I don't really talk about sin uh, uh, very often uh, for, for one reason. Um, what's sin for one person might not be sin for another. Now, there's some that are, that are certainly global, okay? There is. But sin is anything we do that, that is contrary to what God wants us to do. And that's going to look different for you than me. And I struggle with different things. But the reason I don't talk about sin so much is I would rather talk about the cure. There's a billion sins and only one cure, and that's faith in Jesus Christ and giving Him your life. So I would rather talk about Jesus than the sin and let Him deal with y'all on that. But sin, whatever you're going through, the problems that you deal all of us have sin in our life and Jesus wants to take that away from us forgive us of our sins we need to repent and turn back from that sin so that it does not trip us up in our faith it's contrary to I mean it's like it's like running your horse in the pasture looking for gopher holes so your horse will step in it and you'll fall down why would we want to do that God's Word says, Therefore we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. He's got, he, he, you're in a race, people. You know, and, it, and it's, not, it, it's not the rat race. Our lives is not about the American dream, and I love America. It's the greatest country on earth. But you know what? us, we, we have a different race that we're running. We've been called to a holy life. And that's the third thing. That's the third reason that God disciplines us because he wants to make us holy. Now, now that word, the devil always perverts the greatest things that, that God gives us. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean, look, most of us are adults. There's a few kids in here, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Sex is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. And what does the devil do with it? He perverts it into something dirty, into something nasty. And um, that's what the devil does, is he perverts the great thing God gives us. You've heard the term, oh, you just want them holy rollers, huh? Holy rollers. Man, it's, it's just dripping with venom. But holiness is one of the most amazing things that we can become through God's help. It, it, it is absolutely amazing. And holiness, let, let me get this straight. Holiness is not a measure of your Christianity. Okay? It's not like you reached level 9 on the holiness scale. Okay? It's not like that. What holiness is, is being tuned in to God. Now, one of the greatest examples I could, that I've ever seen, is, and, and me and my brother-in-law, Darren, were talking about this this morning, is that you can take a tuning fork, you know, that they tune pianos, and you can get a... a 
letter C, and you can strike that tuning fork and it, and it vibrates at a certain frequency. You can hold up another tuning fork that is the letter C also and point it at it, and this one will start ringing on its own because they're tuned into the same frequency. See, that's what being holy is. It's being tuned in to God so that when God starts moving, we start moving. And it's nothing that we do. The power, the frequency, the instruction, everything comes from God. And when you're holy and you don't have everything dripping, you know, hanging off your tuning fork, man, if you've got sin and selfishness and pride and ego and lust and all of this stuff hanging off your tuning fork, it doesn't matter how strong God vibrates, you're not going to do anything. He wants to pull all of that off and he does it through discipline so that whenever he starts moving, we can start moving. Well, maybe you're not musically inclined. I mean, you, you, watch, you watch Ty and Craig and Sean and, and, and some of these other really great horsemen. When they ride, it just looks like they're sitting there. And their horse does all this crazy stuff that's awesome. And they can move, I mean, they can like literally control each horse's foot and whether how far he places it and, I mean, the speed and direction and all of that. And it looks like they're just sitting there. Come watch me riding. I'm all over the place, right? And I jerk it this way because I'm not that good of a horseman. But they have spent so much time together that they are tuned in as one. That's what God wants. And the process by which you do that is called becoming holy. We shouldn't ever use holy. I, and I mean, you know, I, I kind of got a pet peeve, you know. Well, holy smokes. I, uh, let, let's, I think it deserves more than that. We, we, we should approach holiness with, with a certain reverence. I mean, it's how we get tuned in with God. And it's not a work that we do. It's something that God does to make us Christ-like. Because it's in that tuning, it's in that oneness together that he will start making a difference in the people around you and he will start making a difference within you. In verse 10, Hebrews 10, 12, or 12, 10. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. And in verse 14, the latter half of verse 14, it says this, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, sin blinds us. If we're covered in sin and selfishness and ego and pride, you're, you're never going to see the mighty works that God does. And God is standing right there. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. People that say, well, I just don't hear God, I don't see God, is pride because you're covered up in sin. Because that's what sin does. And God wants to forgive it, and, and, and He will forgive it. We need to repent of it, turn around, change our way of thinking, and get focused on Him so that we can get in tune with Him. After the last calf was drugged to the fire, I try not to get a little choky. It's not going to mean that much to y'all. I, I, I'm just going to be honest. It's not going to mean that much to you. But you know, my son was really mad at me. He didn't want to, he didn't want to go with dad that morning. And I made him go. I disciplined him. Uh, I was instilling discipline in him. Because life, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. And sometimes that's going to be painful. And, and you don't want to do it. And you've got other things planned. But I made him go. And he went. And the very first thing that happens is, is he gets hurt. I mean, he was okay. I mean, my wife always asks, are you hurt or injured? There's a difference. And it hurt. I mean, man, have a big old 175-pound calf kick you about seven times right in the chest. It, it hurts. 
But he stuck in there, man, and he, he did his job, even when he didn't want to do it. And on that last calf, I mean, these kids, him and another kid, they are pouring sweat off of them, man. They're breathing hard, and they get that last calf done, and when they let that calf up, I'm sitting there just watching, and him and that kid go up to each other, and they smile, and they they do a high five together, and I was like, yes, yes, that's what I wanted. And you know, that kid that looked like a zombie in the beginning, when he walked out of that Brandon pen, I promise you, he's about that much taller. Walked out of there with his head held high, with his old chest kind of bowed out. It might have been swollen, I'm not sure, but I mean, you know, it just looked a little bigger, you know what I mean? That's what a dad's discipline will do for a young man. That's what your father's discipline will do for you. Sure, you're not going to want to do it sometimes. You've got other plans laid out. And sometimes, I want to be honest, man, ministry can be seriously, it can be physically painful, it can be emotionally painful, and it can dang sure be spiritually painful. It's okay. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says... No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. I get it. As a matter of fact, God wrote this. He gets it. He says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. I know that you're having a hard time right now because I know some of the stuff that God has been talking to you about and it's not what you want to do. You're scared of what somebody's going to think. It may make your life a little bit inconvenient. It may make your life a whole lot inconvenient. But God is still telling you to do it. And I don't care how hard it is, I am encouraging you to swallow your pride, quit acting like a zombie 15-year-old, and do what God is telling you to do. Because God says, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. We're really good about training our kids, disciplining our kids. Get up, brush your teeth, do this, do that. You know, we're trying to make them into mature adults that can make it in this world, right? Well, God's trying to make us mature Christians that can make it out of this world. I know it's hard. I know you're having a hard time. It's okay. Come talk to me. I'm probably going to pat you on the butt. And, well, if you're a guy, I may pat you on the butt. If you're a girl, I may not. But I might. You never know. I'll slap you on the butt till you get out there. I know it's hard. I don't care if it's hard. God's with you. I'm here for you. Look around. All of these people, and, and, and even on live stream, everybody that's watching, listening on the radio, we're all going through some of the th same things in different forms and fashions. God's trying to grow you, and He's going to use discipline to do it. And it ain't going to be easy. But when you get done you're going to be able to turn to me, turn to somebody else, stick your chest out there a little bit and give a high five and walk out of that Brandon pen with your head held high instead of always just taking the easy way out. We got in the truck. Griffin was kind of quiet. We start heading to town. And I said, you did a good job out there today. And he said, thanks. He said, Dad, I got to tell you something. I said, all right. He goes, and I don't really want to tell you. I said, okay. And what he said next just filled me with so much pride for that young man that I got a little choky again. And if you come back next week, I'll tell you what it was. God, we thank you so much for this weather today. We thank you for this country. We thank you for this land that you have provided. 
God, you are blessing this and you're blessing the people associated with it, whether they live here or they're far away. God, let us hold tight to you and to your word, even when you discipline us. And it's painful and our lives are hard. God, we know that you have a great plan for us. Let us endure what we're doing and learn these lessons so that we can strip off of the things that that hold us back and so that we can endure, so that we can become holy. God, thank you so much for making that possible through the sacrifice of your son. God, we love you so much and we love him and we thank him each and every day. And and God, I just, there's there's no decision that can, can ever be made that is more important than a cowboy or cowgirl saying, God, I give my life to you. Not my will, but yours. God, thank you so much once again for this great weather. Thank you for everybody that has volunteered to make this happen and and to build this ranch up and to build this ministry up. And God, we pray for our missionaries that are out there uh, doing your work, uh, taking, taking your word to the, to the lost and the hurting and God be with those that are sick. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen.